Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad. Oh, I get, I'm, I'm, snap, I'm a poet. You are. I'm a poet. <laughs> You're a poet and you don't even know it. Winter no? storms, <laughs> sunny days. Really deep. Tall mountain <laughs> peaks. Is that, a, is that a haiku? I don't, I think that was all from a haiku. Just a little bit. <laughs> Laptop closed. <laughs> well, you've already heard his voice. We have a Guess great, who it is? Yeah, we have a great guest with us today. His name is Roy Sexton. Well, thank you. No problem, Roy. I, I'm, Roy, I have to let the audience know. That Roy has been making me laugh for like the at least the the last half hour before we started here today, and I'm I'm having trouble composing myself and bringing it together to talk about uh, that Roy leads Clark Hill's marketing, branding, and communication efforts, collaborating with the firm's exceptional team of marketing and business development professionals. How does that sound, Roy? Did you read that, That's, Brad? I did. I did yeah. read that. That that sounds like my bio. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Well, I, we shaved off about twelve minutes there. <laughs> yeah, we just we'll just cut to the chase. <laughs> I, I I write those things so I sound like I'm a reasonable human being, and then they meet me and they're like, "Oh, really? No, you did you, all that. You did that. Wow, Roy. I have to ask, what was your very first job? I wrote a column for my local uh, hometown newspaper called Adolescence. S-E-N-S-E, because I thought I was really clever. Oh, and it was my musings as a as a high school freshman and sophomore. I don't know how I had any friends, but I that was my oh. first job. I got like $12 a column. And if what? I wrote longer columns, I got more money. So wow. I would turn in these like six page things and they'd be like, you take up half the paper. They'd go into a second page. <laughs> You're hard up for content. And I was like, I got $18 for that one. Wow. Did you name names? No, okay, it was okay. more usually Irma Bombeck kind of things from okay. the from the mind of a teenager. Okay. Whew. Well, I don't. No one read them, but my family. But I was proud. Your of mom them. saved them all. <laughs> well, for our listeners, Roy, could you uh, could you tell us a little bit about the professional side of you? Just oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I have been in uh, various marketing and planning roles about really pretty much all my my entire career. I was in healthcare for about half my career at a healthcare system, Oakwood Healthcare, heading up strategic planning and marketing there, and then uh, started in legal in 2011 with a mortgage foreclosure firm, and then went to uh, Kerr Russell, another uh, white shoe firm, corporate firm, and then at Clark Hill, um, where they saw what I was doing at Kerr Russell and said, we like we like the approach you take and the voice you have with the attorneys and what you're bringing out in them. And the next thing I knew, I was working for this 25 office uh, international law firm with attorneys hither and yon, and kind of helping create a cohesive culture. Clark Hill's grown quite a bit in the last uh, 10 to 15 years through uh, mergers and acquisitions and affiliations. So, you know, they went from a very Midwest firm in the, in the Michigan area and Chicago and Arizona, I think, where there are two other offices. And then they picked up a bunch of East Coast, California, and uh, the Strasburger offices in Texas became part of Clark Hill a couple of years ago. And that was their latest growth, uh, as well as Dublin, Ireland. There's a couple of offices that came together to form a Clark Hill office in Dublin. So it's been a wild ride and, and a lot of fun and really a nice convergence of all the things I've I've done in my career, both in legal and then working for a large healthcare system where you have a lot of locations and a lot of employees and people that are kind of thinking differently and kind of helping them all become a cohesive culture 
uh, and and trying to create an engine for growth. So it's it's been fun. I really I love the firm. I love what I'm doing right now, and they're very you know they put up with me, and you can see that's not easy. So not I'm, at all. I'm grateful no. for it. No. <laughs> so you said you said growth. You said how much you guys have grown over the past 10, 15 years. Yeah. How did you navigate that last year? Last year was crazy, and obviously yeah. you guys are still doing okay. How I mean, in person yeah. events were canceled, networking events, trade shows, everything. What did you do? Well, truth of the matter is we had one of our best years last year. Mm. Um, and I think I think a couple of things. I'm also on some nonprofit boards. I'm on the Ronald McDonald House Board, a Mosaic Youth Theater, and the Legal Marketing Association Board. And in all those cases as well, every organization I was a part of, they they hunkered down. We'd been through some, you know, we went through the housing crisis. We have enough stuff in our in our sense memory of, oh, well, let's whoa, let's control costs right now. And we we can't spend money on the things we would be spending any anyway. So one thing happened in all those organizations, they pulled back on costs. And yet the business didn't fall away. It kept coming. And in fact, there was in legal, there were more needs that clients had because they were trying to navigate what do my labor and employment issues look like right now? How do I deal with uh, the packages coming out of Washington, D.C.? What do they mean for my industry? How do I navigate that? So the business was there. And if anything, the distractions fell away. I'm an only child. I'm an introvert. I love working in my basement. Obviously, you've seen that I have a lot of strange items in my basement, like Yoda. <laughs> so does Randy. My, yeah. he, he dials in with his rafters and everything. It's- yeah. And so for me, it allowed me, and I think it allowed our marketing team, a kind of focus we haven't had before. My first year or so at Clark Hill, there was a lot of all these different offices had sponsored things in the past, rodeos and all these different things. And they were, they, and an attorney will tell you, I send these pies out and all my business comes from these pies I send at Christmas. And I would say, if your business is coming from sending pies, we have a bigger problem because I don't think it is. I think they're hiring <laughs> you because you're a good attorney and they're like, thanks for the pie. Or it's but a really good in, pie. In, in, it's a really good pie. In legal, there's there's this tendency attorneys are, my mom has a thing. She says, I'm snapping my fingers to keep the elephants away. There are no elephants. <laughs> it's working. you know. So I think attorneys do something. They sponsor something. Mm. They're part of a chamber and they're like, oh, this is where my business is coming from. No, it's not. It's not at all. So when, and I'm sorry to all the people who want sponsorships out there, but when all that stuff fell away and we couldn't have cocktail parties and we couldn't buy Christmas cookies and all that stuff, funny, we actually did just fine. Yeah. The business was still there. The relationships were still there. And then we had to turn to the things I've always said attorneys should focus on anyway, which is thought leadership, content marketing, webinars, podcasts, things that they always say, I don't have time for that. You have time to go to a baseball game for six hours with clients and you've got a small number of clients that you're entertaining versus put half that time into a good client alert, a podcast episode that's going to reach thousands of people. And the, the, the interest you're going to gain as a result is remarkable. So I think I finally saw in legal an embrace of things that other industries have done for a long time because they're lower cost, they're higher impact. And the marketing team, quite frankly, had the focus to pull it off because we weren't going into offices, having all the drive-bys, attorneys, healthcare plans to plan to plan. We would have a meeting to plan another meeting, plan another meeting. Legal, it's like you had a day planned, but you had four attorneys pop up in your office and it's all shot to, you know what... Where when you're in your own basement, you can focus, you can drive change, you can give people tools and vehicles they can use to market themselves. So I know it sounds insane, and I don't wish this pandemic on anybody, and I hope it ends soon, but it gave, in my, at least where I sit, a kind of freedom to help affect 
real change in a marketing arena that we haven't really always had the permission to do so in legal. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's unfortunate. And, you know, obviously, I think we all wish to see it never happened, but yeah. it has brought out a lot of change and a lot of advancements in a lot of areas. The Great Awakening. Yeah, yeah. says the yeah. IT guy. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's true. And I, you know, it's a little hard to live our lives completely in a digital space, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is. It is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, Amy and I'm like, okay, I'm about ready to be able to go to a restaurant or see my parents mm-hmm. for God's sake, or go to a movie. This is, this is nuts. Exactly. But it does, it, it creates a different kind of focus that I don't think we've ever been able to have before. And it also, it prioritizes efforts, especially in the marketing and business development arena. It's like, you have to be really thoughtful and intentional now. It can't just be like, well, I threw a bunch of stuff at a wall and I saw what sticks. You know, you got to be really thoughtful. And and these tools allow us to target and identify and follow up. And I, I think that's that's why I'm a fan of social media. You can really become a presence just by posting regularly. And it doesn't always have to be a thoughtful, deep article. Mm-hmm. Share what other people are doing. If yeah. you are a curator of content and you follow people who are interesting, share their content. I, I wear silly t-shirts all the time. And I now on LinkedIn, I'll, what is my t-shirt of the day? I post it. And I'm sure people are like, why what? are you doing that? That's but amazing. It's, People people respond to that. I, I had I had a She-Ra shirt uh, that I bought. I was really tickled. They now make those in men's sizes. And I and I and people and the responses were great. I had people that surprised me. They're like, my kids love that because there's a revamp of it. They love that cartoon. So there's connections happening mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. people. And if they're seeing you as a human being on these channels, then they go, Well, I like him or I like what they're doing. That's interesting. They wrote an article on this topic. I want to follow up. Maybe I'm going to follow that firm's page. You know, wow, they've got a lot of interesting culture. I I know someone who's looking for an opportunity. I'm going to send them over there. So there's a lot of good that comes from this if you just put a little time and elbow grease into it, you know? Yeah. It's not always about business, business, business. Show who you are. Mm -hmm. Be a real person. Share what you're Mm -hmm. interested in. Connect with people, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I already asked you to connect on LinkedIn because, you know, I got ahead of it. But if I hadn't done that yet, I would totally go look now and check out your t-shirts. I'm going to go check it out. Uh, Well, you have to finish this episode first, (laughs) Brad. (laughs) I want to see the She-Ra shirt. Oh, God. Next, I want to see Jim. I did get Jim. That was what I wore yesterday. My Jim and the holograms t-shirt. I did. Jim. Gem. Yeah. 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 No, but I thought you said like uh, truly J-I-M. outrageous. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, gem with yeah. synergy and the right. the uh misfits. Yeah, I got I got gem, but then I thought he said like Jim, like J I M, and I was like, who is Jim? I don't know. I don't have a gem <laughs> shirt. Yeah. But I have a gem shirt. Not yet. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about social media. Yeah, let's dive into social media. So we talked a lot about it. You mentioned, you know, post yourself. You can even share content that's already created. But I I think for us, you know, we're marketers. So we realize that social media is pretty much a standard practice. It's here to stay. It's in the everyday. Everybody should be using it. But I don't think that's necessarily the case yet in the legal industry. No, No, it's not. And I think there is a and that, that that's a confluence of things. I think it's a it's somewhat generational, and I don't like to be ageist, but I think there is an element of, you know, advertising and promotion and marketing is still new to legal. I mean, if we think about the yeah. the, the the life cycle of marketing for people who are still viable leaders in our firms, worked at a period of time when it was actually expressly prohibited by their industry mm. to have any kind of yeah, advertising that's a promotion. Good point. So that and they're concept, working past that retirement age too. So there are a lot of people who are older in the industry. Right. So you have that happening. And then you, on top of that, go, oh, and by the way, I want you to tweet. Are you kidding me? Um, How and, do I do that? 
Right. I mean, I my first firm, I, I had one of the one of the partners in the executive committee came to me and we were debating the website. And they were mortgage foreclosure. They didn't want anybody to know who they were. And he goes, Do we even need to have a website? Ooh. And this was 2014. Oh wow. Like, yeah, you need to have a website because it's a legitimate, if nothing else, it's yeah. a legitimizing thing this you have a website. So you still have those kind of arguments, let alone then trying to get people to adopt social media. So I get it. I also get that if you're an attorney, it feels like it's it's a minefield of risk. So, you know, we, we see these horror stories about people who wrote something on social media 10 years ago and it's been unearthed and they lose their jobs. And and attorneys know this is discoverable content. And they're like, and they and they they they're rule followers, and they in some ways, and they don't want to do the wrong thing from an etiquette perspective. They don't want to blow up the ship, but I think what they're missing is it's a pretty ephemeral medium, mm-hmm. and that it's really about the constant presence, sharing regularly, having a good and generous mindset about it, coming from a place of abundance and saying we have good stuff to share. And if you're uncertain that you're going to do the wrong thing then don't do anything original. Just go to your firm's page and just share that stuff. Yeah. At minimum. And it's so easy. Like, I don't have time for this. I'm like, yeah, you do. When you're waiting in line at Starbucks, mm-hmm. pull up the app on sure. your phone, see what 16 things got posted on the firm's page today and go share, 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 share. And if you're really bold, look at who's in your network. And the, the thing is, people will tell you what they had for lunch. It's a marketer's dream. They tell you everything. So if you're going into a big meeting with a potential client and you're trying to cross-sell them on additional business, why in the heck are you not looking at the person's LinkedIn page that you're about to meet with? Because chances right. are they've posted some articles, they've told you things openly mm-hmm. that are of interest to them. Maybe they've written something. And again, you don't want to be creepy about it. Like, <laughs> I looked at your LinkedIn page and I really liked your article from 2006. Okay, that's weird. But you can go, hey, I saw you posted something the other day. I thought that was really great. And you can make it seem natural. Yeah. Maybe you just cyber them in the lobby. <laughs> but you go, you know, the other day you posted this thing on, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, the, the way tech is transforming uh, the, the way people manage legal operations. or what mm-hmm. I don't care what it is you posted. And, and have a conversation about it. Because people are sharing this stuff because, especially now, they want to know they're still alive. They want to know that they have relevance. And so mm-hmm. if they're sharing content, they expect somebody to comment on it and see it. It's so easy. And it's yeah. a lot easier than trying to score a dinner invite with somebody and have dinner and be trapped for three hours where you're more likely to say something stupid <laughs> yeah. than you know, a quick, wow, I really liked your article. Because that goes a long way. People, yeah. I pay attention to people who share my content, who comment on things. And the next time I see them in real life, we have that much stronger of a dynamic. There's exactly. A, when I got into this industry, I didn't know anybody in legal marketing. And social media was my friend. I was very intimidated by when I'd go to gatherings of the Legal Marketing Association. Everybody seemed better dressed than I. You see why now. Uh, they, they, they seemed to really have their act together. They talked a good game. I was like, I'm never going to fit in with these people. Except I friended them all on Facebook like a crazy person. Naturally. And I, they got to know me as a person. And so the next time I went to an event we already had a dynamic. It was much easier to go up to someone on the conference floor and go, wow, Nancy, it's so nice to see you. And we did things, became personal friends. Yeah. And then my network grew. And How I was your trip to Florida? You know, you yeah. can just, yeah, find that common and, ground, talk about and something. Not with a lot of time and investment. You'd spend 20 minutes a day on whatever it is. Now I'm on all the things and I'm kind of a little obsessed about it. I don't recommend that for people, but you know, spend a few minutes a day on LinkedIn. You'd be surprised at what you see. 
Um, and, and you'll, you'll benefit greatly. And it's going to be a better, you, the other thing about attorneys is they want to spend money on stuff all the time. And I'm like, the more money you spend is the less money you have at the end of the year to divvy up. Yeah. Why are you sponsoring these things Very true. at $25,000, $30,000? And it's because somebody is somebody they want to impress at the country club or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, they, they asked me to sponsor this and I want the firm to do this. Well, what do we get out of it? Lots of things. No, we don't. You're, and, and I can spend $300 on a LinkedIn post and reach 30,000 people and mm-hmm. they're the right people or 20 people and the right people. But, you know, I don't know. that That's still frustrating to me. But as I watch where we are and what we have available to us, it's a no-brainer to me. Mm-hmm. But you got to get over that that hurdle of I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm, I'm going to create a situation for myself. Because the other thing is you can delete anything. Yeah. yeah, the internet is permanent. No, it's not so much. You make a stupid comment on something, go edit, delete. <laughs> I, I take that back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think you, you brought up a good point with the website and just being on all these platforms and being active to to your best ability. I think it's, I forget the number off the top of my head, but it's close to 80% of potential clients are searching for legal help on the internet before yeah. they come to you. So it they're is looking 80%. for- I, yes, I just use really? this, it is exactly yes, 80%. It's awesome. And LinkedIn, <laughs> and LinkedIn. I'm a genius. And, and that they're using 80 or exactly. 85% is LinkedIn. Um, the other thing is I, I, I have these attorneys that went to a seminar once and they get obsessed with SEO because they know they heard that they heard that acronym. What are we doing for SEO? Why is my bio not coming up in search? Because because there's a bunch of litigators out there that do what you do. Yeah. You're not going to you're not going to be the first person that comes up in a Google search. And if people are hiring their attorney from a Google search, that's a problem. But I said, SEO is already baked into things like LinkedIn and and JD Super and some of these platforms we use. So why don't we avail ourselves of what they're already doing? And if you Google me, you'll see my Clark Hill bio, but you'll see my LinkedIn bio is the second thing. Yeah. So and, I'm I fill that with content because I know people are going to find me that way. Yeah, and that's where that content helps too. So if you are sharing, you are writing, you know, that helps you become more findable too and makes you more relevant on the internet as well. Exactly right. And and it offsets. So if there is some bad thing in your past, you know, <laughs> it, the more good that's out there, you the more push you're it down. Just push it down yeah, just suppress a little. that by by putting good in the world. So how do we get attorneys that are more uh, let's say not personable to really open up in social media to kind of fill out their brand and kind of show people that they have that empathy or that personal side. You can't approach it with a broad brush answer. You have to look at each individual and work with them from a coaching perspective individually. I, I think people make the mistake of going, I gave a presentation to all the attorneys. Now they're going to do it. Nope. <laughs> nope. You know, find your early adopters. And so it's a mix. So we always say work with the willing. Those early adopters that you know are gregarious and they get it. And then go back within the firm and celebrate them in any internal channel you have. Maybe you have a weekly newsletter where you can kind of celebrate this post from so-and-so got this many likes and views. Attorneys are inherently competitive. So one thing that will cross over is if they see somebody else getting attention in the firm for doing something, they're going to do it too. Mm, And they're going to come to you. And, And the gift is when they come to you saying, I want you to help me here. So that really... You know, that Mount Rushmore attorney that seems completely unapproachable when they come to you and go, I, 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 have, one, I have an attorney, I just adore him. And he looks he looks like he's carved out of marble. He used oh. to be a football player. He's a wonderful guy. And he's just very, you know, and, I, and he had me very intimidated initially. Yeah. And then he said, I really would like you to help me with LinkedIn. 
I go, okay. Aww. And then he would set up for a while. It was cute. He'd set up a 20 minute meeting every Friday and he'd bring in his laptop and we'd, I'd go, here's how you post something on LinkedIn. Aww. What do you want me to say? Well, and I'm not making fun of him. He'd probably kill me. He's not going to be listening to this anyway. But <laughs> um, Okay, everyone, everybody. Everybody's listening to, this, listening to it. Continue. But I don't <laughs> think he would be listening to this. You have to come up, and it doesn't sound like I am because it sounds like I'm making fun of him. I'm not. You have to come up with heart. and go, No, it's this reality. Person, it's reality. This person is a human being, and they are scared and uncertain of what this thing is. So I can take 20 minutes a week and get him comfortable with it enough that he posts periodically yeah. or at least understands mm-hmm. the power of it. And eventually he'll do it himself. But if I come at him shaming him or forcing him or saying it's a requirement, he's just going to shut down and ghost out. Yeah. So I, I, as painful as it might seem, I think you have to kind of work onesie twosie through some of the difficult people and find their pain point. You know, And sometimes mm-hmm. it's, I know my grandkid posted something and I really want to see it. I don't know how. Can you show me how to find it? And while you're there, you're yeah, like, yeah. in this fun, you can click here and do this. And I think... Once they realize there's a world of people available to them, people eventually figure this out and they overcome their self-consciousness about it. And if mm-hmm. they don't, they don't. I, my, my success is not having every attorney on social media. It's having 10% of them active enough that it's not just Roy posting about Clark Hill. Yeah. We've got <laughs> other people sharing that content. And it, it happens. It's going to happen to as people move through, uh, you know, law firms, I mean, the, the associates coming in now, they lived with social media pretty much their entire lives. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we go through this with every medium, right? The television, the radio was the end of days. The car was the end of days. Television was the, the hula hoop was the end of days. And then people <laughs> go, well, of course there's television. Of course they advertise on television. You don't need to convince me of that. Right. We're still, I think we're on the, the far end of the social media thing. People know it's here to stay. They're now figuring out how to live with it. And I think they're also figuring out it has some dark influences on our society. So just like everything, how do we manage to that? How do we make our own people smarter so they know what they're reading? They know what they're seeing. They know what's real and what's not real. And that's going to take time. But it doesn't mean you throw the whole medium out. It just means, okay, we need to give people the skills and tools to deal with it. Yeah. And and the reason we are talking about this today is because it's it's so important. It's such an important medium. But there are still so many people that aren't either using it or using it to its fullest potential. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. you know, it's not just, you know, that attorney that you mentioned before. There are plenty of people in his same shoes that aren't using it to its fullest advantage. That's right. That's right. And and I think people also, I think the other thing that intimidates people is they feel like, well, it's kind of like when you, uh, we started watching Grace and Frankie on Netflix and we loved it. But initially we're like, oh my gosh, six seasons. I'm not going to start that now. Yeah, you, you, You're so overwhelmed that when you think people are far, far ahead of you, you're like, well, I don't want to catch up with that. Well, there's there's no, there's no, never a bad place to start with this. And it's scalable. Do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to spend one day a week on it? Fine. You want to be on it every hour? Fine. You're going to get out what you put into it, but there's no right or wrong answer to it either. I like and that. I think That's yeah. good advice. And start at a place also, that you can handle. You know, if you can only yeah, handle and they one day come a week. At you, they, they, you know, because of law school or whatever, they're like, well, what is the right way to do this? There's no right way to do it. It's like fashion. What works for you? What works with your, you know, find your comfort level with it. And there, don't don't think in terms of right and wrong. Just think of this is a utility I can use to stay connected with people. You don't think is there a right or wrong way to make a phone call. You just do it. So why do we do this with social media? I don't know. 
Yeah. That's a good point. But I mean, may I ask you guys a question? I mean, Certainly. you know, I'm I'm holding forth and blah, 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 whatever I think about things. But I mean, how I do think social media is very rich and I think people approach it in different ways. And there are a lot of people out there that are like, you're doing this incorrectly. No, they're not. Don't do that. I, I have some colleagues that'll, I have one particular that's always like shaming people because they're not celebrating a particular holiday or because they didn't turn off mm. their social media quickly mm. enough because there's a world crisis. I'm like, people have yeah. other things going on. They didn't know this building just went kaboom and they needed to p- stop their social media. So don't mm-hmm. send out your post where you're like, shame on you for, you know I mean? They, right, I, right, I don't right. like that. That makes people not want to play. They're just like, well, I, I don't want to be on social media because someone's going to tell me I did wrong. But how do you guys use social media? I mean, where do you see it as effective and powerful? Yeah, I actually, I, I totally agree with everything you said. And we like to use it as more of that educational platform. You know, yeah. we're here to help. And we've been in the legal industry for so long. And the solutions that we offer are so unique to the industry. Um And we want to really take more of that consultive approach and say, hey, this is what we learned. This is what we know works for firms. Let's try it for you. You know, let us share our knowledge with you. You're not just being forced to to buy this or use this, but let us be your partner and help you grow in the areas that you need to grow. So I really like to use it in that fashion. You know, we like to show a little bit about who our brand is, who our company is. Um, We like to have a little bit of fun too. So there's a little bit of a wit there, but it keeps it engaging and entertaining and it, it kind of, you know, it allows our our users and our viewers to say, hey, this company knows their stuff, but they're person, mm-hmm. like they're real people too. They're having a little right. fun. They're joking around. And, and, you know, that's what we tell our clients too. There are best practices. You know, you don't want to post so much, so many words that someone's not going to read the entire thing. So there are some quote unquote rules like that, but there's also, yeah. you know, be yourself, show them that you're a person. Right. You know, when someone's in the need of for, for legal advice, they're probably, like I said before, they're probably going through something. Mm-hmm. And so they want to know that they're they're going to be working with attorney who listens and actually cares. So if you can show that side of you and not just uh, make yourself appear as another attorney or there for business, right. there to bring in new clients and you show that you actually care for your clients and you have a human side. Right. You know, we had um, our director of ops in a couple months ago and she made a good point. You know, someone comes in for a consultation or someone comes in for a follow-up meeting, you know, take two minutes and say, hey, how are your kids? You said they had a dance recital last time. You know, yeah. something like that. Just show that you're a human. And again, do it in a, in a gen, do it as you would with anybody yeah, exactly. who lives in your neighborhood. Not you know? in a fake um, way. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I've looked in my notebook and I see that you went to a dance recital and, you know what I mean? On um, October fourteenth at seven p.m., you told me. Yeah, and I had a, I didn't remember it was somebody in my life said this. You don't go into a, a, a networking event and just start throwing your business cards. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think people sometimes approach social media that way, and it's like yeah, that's you a good point. can't be on blast. You gotta just have a moment and go. And and again, if you're introverted like I am, you you're so afraid you're not going to be asked to eat at the lunch table in the eighth grade that you figure out a way to ingratiate yourself on the front end. And you're like, yeah. you ask questions because you kind of don't want to talk about yourself. This present experience notwithstanding, you're more like, tell me about you. I like your tie. What, you know, where did you go to breakfast this morning? I mean, you, you <laughs> get stuff out of people and people just want to talk about themselves. And suddenly they're like, Roy's my best friend. He asked me a bunch of questions about myself. And I'm like, e- I just was getting through you're this like, moment. But thank you. Yeah. Um, and and then you go on LinkedIn and send them a connection and go, it was really nice meeting you. And then you keep growing that network. 
So for me, when I'm promoting the firm or the the charities of which I'm a part, or you know, I, I write sometimes about movies and other things just for fun, I put all that on LinkedIn because I want people to see the entirety of me. And I yeah. have different audience segments that are looking for different things. But at the end of the day, exactly. I often find I'll have somebody in the legal space go, wow, I really I read your review of Wonder Woman. I really agreed with you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's a thought starter. It's a conversation yeah. starter. And you're right. If you show your softer side and your helpful side, people will want to to work with you when they can. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. All right, Roy. Thank you thank again you so me. much, of course. And everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor. And we'll talk to you next time. Next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.